Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined in studio by Alicia Del Valle, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing on this beautiful Monday? You know, it's... Uh, um. It's tough because my team lost, but it's also good to see that the Lakers are actually going to be a little bit relevant here for a little bit. Who knows? I mean, maybe we'll not after out. Wednesday, but it's we'll a game-to-game thing, I guess, with them. I mean, they beat a very good basketball team. Yes. I just want Grant's birthday to happen every single day because the 49- his birthday was yesterday, Grant Mona, our good the friend. great Grant Mona. And, and the Niners. A Rams fan. Uh, and hey. a Clippers fan, Brandon Deutsch, and he was at the 49ers. And he was fan. at the Clippers game. Um, not a great day for him. The Clippers lost, and the Rams got drilled. But great day for me. And it, it's fine. It's funny because the Niners lost in the NFC Championship the night before my birthday, because my birthday is January 31st, and they lost on January 30th, uh, and I was depressed. So I had said, you know, Grant's kind of like taste of your own medicine, man. You kind of reverse <laughs> the reverse the things, but man. The Rams. I know we'll get into them. Struggling. But. Okay. First of all, I want a little more excitement that the Lakers finally won a game. Exactly. Okay? I'm not a Lakers fan. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So. wait, against There's an no, elite basketball yeah. team, no too. There's no way we could be more excited than those players were post-game in the locker room. Oh. Not a champagne you celebration, but a water I, and Gatorade bath for Darvin Ham. I slept so well last night because I was like, man... The Laker fans love Russell Westbrook for one night. They're in <laughs> that love with nice him. That was nice to see. I gotta be yeah. listen. I was so happy for him. He's a great human being, regardless of what he does in the basketball Absolutely. court. He's a I fantastic agree. guy. I so I love to see him succeed. But the projection was they could the Lakers go zero and eleven. No one expected them to win last <laughs> you night. You thought for sure that they were going to so, win against Minnesota. Yeah, but then Davis was ruled out, and then Davis I changed my out. mind. And I w- they should have won against the Trailblazers. Let's be real. They were up yeah. 98 to 90 with like three minutes to go, and they choked. I'm just happy yeah, we so, got one. And I mean, we, Laker Nation. I mean, they did have the <laughs> toughest schedule of any team in the they NBA do, to start the season. It's not going to get any easier. <laughs> All right, so let's start there. I mean, there's a lot that happened this weekend. We have to talk about Alicia Del Valle's Los Angeles Football Club going to the MLS Cup on Saturday, home game for them. But before we talk about that, okay, so the Lakers get their first win of the season. Here's the positive thing is this seems like a win they can build off of. We'll see. But if Russell Westbrook is just the quarterback of the second unit and he could be himself and he doesn't have to play alongside LeBron and alongside AD and he could just be himself and get that confidence and bring that joy back, is there a possibility that this team can has figured something out or was this a one-night deal? I do think that they have figured something out. The biggest thing with me is the first half of these games, like LeBron, you're missing so many easy layups and it's like his effort level, it it wanes, it goes back, it goes in and out. And it's like, dude, if they're going to be a good team, you have to set the example from the jump. And he doesn't always do that. And also, I don't want to rain on 
the parade today, but <laughs> the Nuggets lost that game in the th- end of the third quarter when the Lakers made that run. Yeah. I don't know what Coach Mike Malone is doing. He took out Jokic, Murray, KCP, Gordon, and their fifth starter, they whoever, drilled. and they got drilled because you have yeah. an all bench unit in. Yeah, why and that's we? that's when the Nuggets were up by five, yeah. and then you take them all out, which you never really see. You see one of the stars sure. stay in. MPJ was out too. It's like that's when the run happened. So I want us to temper our expectations. Exactly, right? It's one game. That 17 0 run that swung the game was with the Nuggets' whole bench in. And then the momentum shifted. But that was also something that is promising is that was the first game all season where they looked good in every single quarter. Yeah. You know, in yeah. the third, third quarter, quarter which you've talked about, they're allergic to third exactly. quarter. But that, they finally played well. They finally said, "Hey, listen, like, let's yeah. figure this thing out." And they shot forty three point three percent from three. And guess what? The Lakers are undefeated when they shoot over thirty one percent from three. <laughs> A low bar, but I mean. Arash even said, we told you, Armand, they're not a great shooting team, but they will shoot better. They're not going to continue to shoot 17% from the floor. I do think this Pelicans game on Wednesday, especially if Brandon Ingram is out, will be really close. I don't expect the Lakers to win, but I do expect them to start playing a little bit better, especially if they can continue to let Russell Westbrook play point guard and LeBron off ball, because Russell Westbrook is really doing well when he has the ball in his hands and he can initiate offense. Yeah. So my whole thing with calling the Lakers a 13-14 seed is not about the current iteration of the t- of the team. It's if or it's when Anthony Davis goes down, exactly. and we keep seeing it every game with. I mean, his you back. saw it at the end of the last night's game, uh, and you're thinking, I mean, he plowed through that game like that was a playoff game, and I've never seen this before. Post game, you know, you do like the walk off talk with Mike Trudell. He had to sit down for it. His back was hurting so bad he couldn't stand up for the sixty second walk off. Yeah, but he's with, a winner, unlike Kawhi. He's but actually no, listen, playing through injuries. Who knows for plow? But this is Game Six of the season, yeah, and this but, guy's back is hurt to the point where he can't stand for sixty uh, seconds. Yes, but I mean they do have some good doctors. And second of all, it's not I, like he injured it. his. It's not we, like we, he has an ACL injury. We got a long way to go, though. I know, but we talked about this before the season. Brady, you're not concerned. You're not concerned. Like his back about is to Davis? the. Yeah, his back. I'm a little concerned, but I mean, we said this before the season. They are going to need to start off better than last year, and it wasn't a good start. So they kind of desperately need to start piecing together some wins. And once you're in like the top eight seeds, you know, mm-hmm. let's say hopefully in a month the Lakers are sitting at the seven or eight seed and they go on some run. That best case scenario, right? Then you start to give Anthony Davis some time off. They have no place for error right now, being one in five. Davis needs to continue to play through this injury because he's been the best defender in the NBA this year, and they simply cannot win basketball games without him. They They won't win without AD. And I am concerned because of his history, and you guys said it, he is known to go down. Day-to-day Dave. Day-to-day Dave. Street clothes. Keep our expectations low, (laughs) so we'll be pleasantly surprised when they show up. He did work really hard in the offseason. He did. Right? So he supposedly transformed his body So hopefully that includes his training, his prep, and his um, after game, you know, therapies. Exactly. So I'm I'm gonna focus on the things that can go right. Exactly. Keep my fingers crossed. Light a candle. Like we just (laughs) need AD to stay healthy, man. I'm with you, and it's also it's 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 promising to see this is the best he's looked. Mm-hmm. In a Lakers I uniform, I don't care. Maybe since no, the bubble, no, no, no. the since bubble, the bubble. bubble. But I'm saying defensively, yeah. is, this oh, is fantastic. the first. If he continues these stats, two blocks plus two plus blocks, two plus steals, twenty 
three plus points and 10 plus rebounds. The only two players to do that in NBA history, Hakeem Olajuwon five times and David Robinson. So he'd be the third player to do that in NBA history. This is the best he's looked defensively ever in ever in, in his career, yeah. in my opinion. Offensively, yeah, of course he was better in the bubble because he shot 35% from Amazing. three. Shooting 18.2% nice. from three. LeBron, it's terrible. LeBron's only <laughs> shooting 25% from three. So hope, let's hope they can shoot a little bit better. So when you're talking about you the know? Lakers, of course, and we've been talking about this for the entire summer, is will they make a deal? And listen, they've, they've been pretty... You know, like Copen about we would like to make a deal. We don't want to part with two first round picks. You very rare, rarely see this. One of the main players talked about in that trade talked publicly to Woj about this. And I'm going to play for you now. It's you know this was today. Yes. And if you want to cue this up real quick, we'll like yes. This up. Miles Turner went on the Woj podcast and he basically said what what you're going to hear is that if he was the GM of the Lakers, mm-hmm. he would make the deal for himself, which is very interesting yeah. to hear. So let's uh, let's like uh, that up. Here we go. You've been hearing it for months, so I'll ask you. If you're the Lakers, would you do the two picks? Would you do the two picks? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's such an intriguing question. <laughs> at that, um, I think personally, you know, when you look at this business of the league and you know, knowing the landscape of the league, you know, you have to go off your future, right? And think, we we all know picks are so valuable in this league. And someone like myself, I'm heading into the last year of my you know my deal, and you want to make sure you know you're getting a return you know for your assets, right? So, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in and I know what I can provide for a team you know my, my leadership my shot blocking you know, my three point ability and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor and I take a very long look at it but as far as pulling the trigger you know that's uh, I get paid to shoot you know I'm made, made to make these calls so I, I couldn't answer that <laughs> you've been here oh, listen, that for months is, um again very rarely I mean do you, do you hear a player very Openly and publicly saying, "Hey, listen. Here's what while I can, he's on another I, team. Exactly. Well, here's what I can provide to you. All right. So let's play this out. Let's let's say Rob Palinka does what I kind of thought he would, and we'll still see if he does it. If he really believes that this team has a chance to contend with this trade, I think that they do this trade. What kind of a team is this? Is this a contending team? Again, with the thought in mind that Brandon, the number one thing that you've talked about defense. is if they're a defensive team, they're number they're three already in the second. No, second. Second. Okay. The other teams in the in the top four defensively, Milwaukee, Phoenix, um, who else is that? I mean, uh, defensively, th- these it, are it, all it, good teams. Yeah. It's Milwaukee, Cleveland. Lakers, Cleveland, Phoenix, Minnesota. Okay, so I mean, you know, the, the top four are the top four teams in the league, except for the Lakers. Why? Because they're historically bad on the offensive side. Though. Yeah. If they do this deal, can they contend? Absolutely. I mean, they literally need one dominant shooter, Buddy Heald. Um, you know, and then that uh, literally they're three and three if they have Buddy healed this season. Uh, that changes the game completely. He's the perfect fit alongside LeBron James. His defense hasn't been as bad as we thought. I think healed is actually improving as a defender, and I never thought I'd say that. But if you watch the Pacers game, he's really locking down on defense. And the Pacers are actually really good, which I'll get into why it's it's could be an incentive to not ask for two picks and get this deal done because I do think they want Wenbenyama. Yeah. But they're looking like a playing team right now because of Halliburton, Matherin, and Jalen Smith, Miles Turner, who had five blocks and 20-plus points the other day, and like four three-minute. Three, it's like, look, they're the <laughs> second-best defensive team in the NBA right now. 
they would be first by a mile with Miles Turner on their team. By a mile. I don't even care that they don't have perimeter defenders right now. No one will be able to score inside on Anthony Davis and Miles Turner. You would beat Jokic in a playoff series in four games probably because like, what is Jokic going to do against Miles Turner? I mean, it, look, this is obviously ahead. They need to piece together wins. You don't need to give up two picks. Westbrook has been balling this last game. See what he does the next couple games. That was games. the biggest thing, to show what he can do, to show That's what so he can important. provide with, with the team. So if they do this trade, contender, playoff team, play-in team. Before we get into that, we have to discuss, we tend to do this. We look at the Lakers' perspective and not the Pacers' sure. perspective. And if you're Indiana, I go off what Brandon said. This young core is one of the most exciting yeah. young cores in the league. And Turner's 26, and Heald is having a career year. You have a superstar point guard at 21 years and old a star and star shooting guard. And a star shooting guard in Benedict Matherin. Why would you even mess with things right now? Why would you tinker with it? Let them play 20, 25 games exactly. if I'm Indiana. Now, if they do do that deal, I do agree. I think that they would be the best defense in the league. Nobody would score in the paint, as Brandon said. And that's the recipe. LeBron plus elite defense and is shooting. a recipe. And shooting. That's a championship. Usually. And also, so least, yeah. sorry to cut yeah. you off really quickly, the Western Conference looks very wide open That's right huge. Now. That's huge. It looks even. Utah yeah. and San That's, Antonio are winning so games. So I think this goes back to what we've talked about before would be, well, so, so if you can't really contend, if you can't really be a playoff team, why would you do that? Well, so this is totally different, and we'll talk about this some more. The Clippers, I mean, I have no idea what's happening with them. I don't know if they can correct it. If Kawhi's not himself, they probably can. So forget about the Clippers. The Warriors, they have their own problems, not only like on the court, off the court. So suddenly the West is not this, like, you got these top two teams. I really believe going into the season, what's the point of a trade? You got the Warriors, you got yeah. the Clippers. Well, but Al now the Warriors rank 23rd in defensive yeah. rating. So, Alicia, if you're Rob Palinka and you truly believe, and again, this goes to yeah. Palinka, if you believe that this trade can get you a, like, give it, like a championship contending team. You, you you can't promise that you'll be there. But if they can go from one and five to a championship contender, would you make the trade? I would make the trade. And, and Rob Palenka needs to do that simply to save his own, you yeah. know what? I mean, that guy gets reamed daily on the Twitter. You know, the Twitter is a cesspool <laughs> anyhow. But, I mean, the, he, do something. Because what he's done, he gets criticized constantly. Yes, Russell Westbrook did look good one game. Mm -hmm. Two, two. Okay, the two. The last game. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually pulling for him. I like the underdogs to come through. So, yes, I want, we all know that defense is what is needed yeah, so win a championship. much. Exactly. Yeah. So, I say do it. I say, what do you have to lose? Because we already, I, the two picks, picks aren't guaranteed. The guys we're going to get, we see what we're going to get. I just get. think if you wait and the Lakers can, like, be 500, let's say, by the deadline or at least into the end of Christmas, let's say they're 500. Yeah. You're only going to have to give up one pick, if that, for Miles Turner. I just don't want to wait too long. And here's the thing I think you have two players who, mm -hmm. and I don't know how long they can stay healthy. I don't know how long they're going to be playing LeBron yeah. and Anthony Davis. While they're still here, you have this window. I thought the window had closed. I think that there's Looks a wide little, open. I think there's a crack in it. If it could be, if you could. 
push it through and it's look, wide look. open. You have You're to gonna do hate it. this, but if I was the Lakers GM tomorrow, I would trade Anthony Davis and LeBron James well, for all my picks back and restart. Yeah, that's a whole other. LA would hate me because they would have to be patient, but they would be a perennial title contender. But look, yes, you're not the first to suggest that. That has been, but they do look good. They do look good, and Arash, you do have a point. If they do have Buddy Heald and Miles Turner as soon as possible, they're going to be hard to beat on a nightly basis. Yes. You know, especially with PBEV playing elite defense. Austin Reeves looks very good. Matt Ryan is hitting threes. I know we joke about him being, oh, we have this DoorDash driver playing like tons of minutes. He's good. He can hit <laughs> shots. Sure. Keep him on the freaking floor. We need three point shooters. Like Reeves and Ryan should be playing a lot of minutes because. Davis and the other guys in Beverly and in Juan Toscano Anderson, Troy Brown Jr., who have been elite defensively, they can hide Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan defensively. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. keep them on the floor. Before we go to the break, I do want to talk about the other big game that happened yesterday, the Rams and the San Francisco Ooh. 49ers. And Brandon, like we talked about it for quite some time. I mean, is this the game that the Rams finally plow through, finally beat San Francisco? Alicia, I know you were at the other game. Were you tracking it on your phone? Like, how were you consuming the game? I was watching. I watched the end of the second quarter. Rams were up. And I was feeling kind of good. <laughs> then after halftime, it fell apart. And the Rams became, you know, the stepbrother that... It's so bad. I just don't, you know, I feel so bad for Matthew Stafford. And I know I'm always here talking about he has no time, he gets beat up. But I mean, I it does matter. Come and just want a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to you, Brandon, let's hear from Sean McVay. I was in the post-game press conference. Again, for the first time for Sean McVay, three and four. He's talked about wanting to see what his players can do, how they can come through. I'm kind of intrigued by what happens with Sean McVay. He's never been in this spot before. So let's now hear uh, from head coach Sean McVay post-game. What you have to acknowledge is that, yeah, this is a different situation, but that doesn't mean you press the panic button. Let's look at the things that are, are occurring. And, and we've had a lot of different instances of things that have been different than any of the previous five years. What I'm not going to do is sit up here and make excuses. You know, what I'm going to do is try to do the best job I can for this team to try to start uh, having consistency in terms of the way that we're playing on Sundays or whenever we get a chance to be able to kick off. We're three and four through through seven games, and I think our record uh, is an indicator of what we've been, and that's inconsistent. We played well enough in three games to win. We have it in four games. Um, we've got to be more consistently offensively. This wasn't in alignment with what we expect defensively. Um, there were some things special teams-wise that um, had some opportunities to do things at a little bit higher clip. But in a lot of instances, I think you get to be able to look at it and let's go ahead and try to identify the problems and then give the players the solutions and then they got to be able to go out and execute. And so uh, to say that you want to just have a, a total change in approach, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm also saying that this isn't good enough and we all have to do a little bit better. So, okay. Brandon, Thanks, a lot of people think that this is done, that like, like, like what's happening to the Rams, this guy is following, they are three and four. We looked at the schedule, Brandon. Yeah, it's promising. It's promising. Yeah, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of panic mode from Rams fans, but look at their losses, two to the 49ers, who I'm not going to say are a very good football team, but a lot of people say are a very good football team. Like someone, see, people would say roster-wise, sure. besides the Eagles, the 49ers are the second-best team in the NFC roster-wise. I know they're 4-4. Four four. But they own the Rams. Know, it's, it's even so if they are not a good team, 
They, they're not, Kyle Shanahan, but they are in the are regular season. They, they own are. the Rams. Yeah, but the Rams won the only <laughs> so game. So the point is two You're quality right. losses. Two quality losses yeah. to the Niners. I know they got beat down on both of those, but this is still look that that's that's poised to happen. We know going into the year they're going to lose both games to the 49ers. Probably, I thought maybe the Rams would get one this year. Okay, look, Buccaneers, tough game in Tampa. Can we both agree a must-win game? A must-win game. They kind of have to, I think they can totally win. Tom Brady is not Tom Brady this year. Then look at this. Cardinals at home, they win. Saints on the road, probably a win. Chiefs, a loss. Okay. Seahawks, I don't think the Seahawks come into SoFi and beat them. Like, Mm -mm. look, and then the Broncos, the, the, the Raiders, like... This is a team. The Rams could definitely still make the playoffs at, with ten or eleven wins. Like mm-hmm. it's possible. They have an easy schedule the rest of the way besides Kansas City. And I think, I, and I'd be shocked if they don't make some kind of a move. They gotta get a tailback. They gotta. They, they 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 have to do something. And they usually do. I will give the Rams credit, whether it's Von Miller, whether it's Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Real quick, Alicia, what do they have to do? What do the Rams have you know, to do to turn I, around their season? Bottom line is in McVay. I believe. Sure. I, I'm with you they're going to do something McVeigh doesn't have that personality he's a winner and he's going to do everything possible to make sure the Rams get on that trajectory so I don't know what the answer is but I do believe in McVeigh I believe in the Rams organization money's not a problem the attitude of winning the culture so I'm just excited I'm not down yet I'm not pulling the panic button yeah I think that's really key for McVeigh again he's he's usually found a way to get these guys yes. together again he's not been in this spot before three and four but listen don't hit the panic button this is a championship team still the defending Super Bowl champion right. all right let's leave it there for now when we come back we'll be joined by our good friend Fernando Ramirez when we come back on the mightier 1090 in Southern California the fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090. Um, ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now. We are joined by our good friend, from the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Arash, thank you for having me on. Happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, very excited to see all the costumes and uh, <laughs> and everything over the weekend. Did you see Jerry Jones' costume? Oh, no. What? what he was a blind, re- a blind referee. Ah, <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Of that course. is pretty great. Okay, Fernando, so, bye week for your uh, Chargers there, uh, but not a bye week for the Rams. Once again, cannot figure out a way to beat San Francisco. Uh, their last win against San Francisco in the regular season, 2018. Yeah. Uh, can the Rams at three and four, can they turn this around? Uh, well, I, I, well, I just graduated from college when they, uh, <laughs> when they, <laughs> when they, the last time that they beat them, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Cause it's, 
it's a lot of different things, Arash. It's the offensive line. The defense is having trouble. Uh, Jalen Ramsey could have had a pick six that would have changed the whole game. He drops it. There's just little things that happen that really change, uh, that could really have changed the outcome of yesterday's game. But, man, Kyle Shanahan yesterday, literally, I don't know how many people noticed this. All he did was put Christian McCaffrey in the Debo Samuel package and said, be our Debo Samuel today. And that's what he did, and that's how they beat him. It's incredible to me that the that the Rams didn't um, make adjustments or just couldn't make adjustments, but that's exactly what happened yesterday. It was, hey, Christian, we don't have Debo. We need you to be our Debo today. He throws a touchdown, catches a touchdown, um, runs in a touchdown. First guy to do that since LT, Ladanian Thompson in 2005. Incredible to see the way Kyle Shanahan really does outcoach uh, Sean McVay. But um, to go back to your point, I just don't know what the Rams can do. I mean, it's not like they're an offensive line away or an OBJ away like they were last year or a Von Miller away. They're really a lot of pieces away from being that Super Bowl contender. And I just think that they should uh, they should kind of just keep on going with this year, regroup after the season, and then just see what they're going to need to do to make this team uh, a Super Bowl contender again in the offseason. Alicia, I have a question for you, and I'm going to kind of parlay that into a question for Fernando. So you were at the Western Conference Finals yesterday, Los Angeles Football Club, going to the MLS Cup for the first time. Wanted to ask you what the, the, the atmosphere was like, but Fernando, it seems like you guys in San Diego are finally very close to getting your own soccer team. So Alicia, first for you, uh-huh. what was the atmosphere like yesterday? It was electric. Are the kids still using lit? I don't know. It was so <laughs> fun. It was so great. LAFC really is an entertainment must do if you come to Los Angeles. Please go stop by the Bank of California. The LAFC crowds you never sat down. Yeah. Not just the 3250 toe in the end zone, which are always standing and drumming and chanting, but the whole stadium. And inside each suite, inside each club, the Rams game was on. That's cool. So there's a lot of love. You know, LA is very loyal. I resent when other cities and teams and, and shows say that LA is not a sports town. Get out of here. Yeah, I got your sports town right here. No, but really, it was a great atmosphere, and it was a bummer to see the way it went down for the Rams after halftime. I but, I mean, thankfully, LAFC dominated. They just dominated they the entire the game. And they score up at SoFi, and everyone cheered. Uh, so, Fernanda, you've been kind of tracking this for quite some time. I've always thought San Diego made so much sense to have a team. Now that <laughs> San Diego State has a perfect stadium, perfectly, you know, in terms of the size for a soccer team, what's the feeling out there? Will this f- finally happen? Well, it seems like it's moving along uh, rather quickly. And, I mean, there is a lot of love. Like, the Loyal do have a lot of fans. Uh, the San Diego Wave, I guess, uh, broke some records this year. But the thing is going to be, remember what the Wave did. They brought in Alex Morgan. That's going to be huge for San Diego. They're going to need to bring in somebody big. Um, and Andres Guardado, somebody that the, that the community can really relate to. Like, look at what LA is doing. They have Chicharito and, uh, with the Galaxy. They have Carlos Vela with... Uh, with the LAFC. Why? Because they know that the Hispanic community is huge or the Latino community is huge uh, in soccer and they're going to need somebody to represent um, them and and have a big player in there. But if you could, if San Diego could do that, if they could, if they build the team, they they have the team ready to go. And if you can bring in somebody big, somebody uh, with a big name, then they'll, they'll get even more fans. But you know what? There's a lot of love 
I don't know how many people know this, but uh, obviously Tijuana has a Cholos. A lot of people from San Diego actually make the trip down to Tijuana. They go to the um, they go to the Cholo games in Tijuana. So maybe they could do something to where like uh, they partner up with each other and and uh, Cholo fans and and uh, San Diego fans kind of have uh, a club together, not a club together, but like uh, a fan group together. I mean, right. that's that's a, uh, one of the big ways that it's going to work. But the thing is, you have to partner up do some stuff with uh, some other teams, but I definitely think it could work. It's just like I said, you have to bring in somebody who's huge, a huge name. Uh, um, like I said, Andres Guardado, somebody who, somebody who really, uh, the, the Latino fans can get behind it. Cause that's, a, that's really how it's going to work to be honest. And that is a formula for success, Fernando. Absolutely. That is a great idea. Have you mentioned that to the San Diego? <laughs> is yeah, there money? Are they do that in deep pockets? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I have a lot of ideas in my head. It's just having the money to execute them and putting them down. But it's just what I, I really think that it, it, it has to do. I mean, San Diego was smart in bringing in Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan was a huge part of this season. And it's like, okay, it's a no-brainer. You have to bring in a superstar or at least a, uh, a star to, to really get the men's team going if you really want to uh, have a big men's team. But everywhere I see it, the MLS is taking off everywhere. I mean, oh, yeah. look, at the, look at Philly. Philly oh, yeah. has the Phillies in the World Series, the Union in the MLS Cup Final, uh, and they have the Eagles at 7-0. and 0. I mean, I what just more could you want? Uh, yeah, I just asked Arash, what is in the water in right? Philly? Seriously. Oh, my goodness. I so, know, it's crazy. What is your prediction for LAFC Philly? It's this Saturday. Uh, I think LAFC has to get, out, get their demons out of the way. But I don't know. There's something in Philly that I just, <laughs> I just think that um, no, I'm going to go LAFC. Carlos Vela deserves yeah, championship. It is, yeah, and Carlos it is Bella at home. Uh, Gareth Bale's on the bench, just warming it up like he was in Real Madrid. And uh, But no, I, I really do think this is LAFC's uh, championship to win. They need to get over that hump. I love it. I, and the way they played yesterday, man, they were relentless, yeah. so aggressive. I loved that style of play. And I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with the Philly fans. Oh my God. 100%. Right. <laughs> uh, Fernando, this was a bye week for the Chargers. They are heading to Atlanta on Sunday. Uh, your thoughts there? Again, I mean, the uh, the Chargers have found a way to keep their head above water, have not played yeah. particularly good. Again, uh, you know, lost to Seattle in their last game. Uh, your thoughts going into this game? I mean, Arasha, I, I mean, we talked about I think they need to make a trade before the trade deadline tomorrow. Yeah. They really need to do something. They need to bring in a receiver, a cornerback, or a pass rusher. One of those would help. Two of those would really help put them a little bit over the top and and help the bleeding. They, uh, the report came out that Mike Williams will be out for four to six weeks. Now four is uh, is being generous. I think. Well, Mike is up, actually Mike usually comes back before uh, his time uh, is up. Before we put out Mike Williams, when you play you play uh, Atlanta, you play at San Francisco, you play Kansas City, and you play at Arizona. Those are going to be four really tough games. And if you don't have Mike Williams. I just don't know how you're you're able to even split those games. So it's going to be tough. But um, but even Atlanta's not a pushover. Look at them; they're leading the NFC South. Who would have thought that at this point, Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, would be uh, at the on top of the NFC, NFC South? Oh wait, I did. I said before the season, watch out for Atlanta. They're not going to be they're not going to be as competitive, but they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be one of those teams that is going to be like a gnat. Just they, it keeps on bugging you and bugging you and bugging you, but. I'm not chewing my own horn here, but uh, 
But I definitely think that the Chargers have their work cut out for them in Atlanta. Atlanta's not going to be a pushover. They're going to they're going to give it their all against the Chargers, and um, and I definitely think it, it, it might be. They don't make any moves. I think it's going to be a rough, uh, a rough, uh, and or a rough November for the Chargers, uh, especially because of some of the players that they're missing. Fernando, let me ask you about the Lakers. They won their first game last night. Okay, against a really good Nuggets team. Miles Turner talked to Woj on his podcast and said, hey, you know, I think the Lakers should, you know, basically trade for me. I think I would bring a lot to the table. Russell Westbrook looked fantastic last night. He was the best player on the floor. What do you do if you're Rob Palenka here? Lakers sitting at 1-5. They have a tough matchup against the Pelicans. They'll probably be 1-6 after Wednesday. I don't want to. I hope they win, but I'm just being honest. We're being honest here. We're being realistic. The Pelicans have, are a juggernaut this year. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, I, I'm sure Flea, uh, Flea wants something done, especially with that letter that he wrote, Rob Palenka, do something now, either blow it up, rebuild, or mortgage the future to fix the lack of chemistry and skills on his basketball team. But I mean, but, <laughs> the other day, I think it was a couple of nights ago, two nights ago, Buddy Hill put up 25, five for nine from three, Miles Turner, 27, 10, and five blocks. I noticed something last night, AD, at one point, his back was just giving out. I think, um, I think I saw somewhere that he couldn't even do the post game interview that he had to sit down and do it. So maybe AD is going to be hurt for a little bit. Maybe you bring in a Miles Turner and and kind of help out with the with your rim uh, rim protection. Let AD rest up. But I really do think I've been saying it for a while. I know Westbrook was good coming off the bench, but that's only going to last so long. He hit two out of four from three last night as well. But that's only going to last so long. They're, they have to pull out, pull that trade out. I, I would do it just because you get Buddy Hill the three-point shoot. Oh, and last night they hit 13 threes. You know they're not going to hit 13 threes every single night. So, I mean, if you bring in a Buddy Hill, that'll definitely help um, with shooting. With Miles Turner, it'll help on defense. It'll help with the offense. It's just another room for I mean, at one point, you could have Buddy Hill, Patrick Beverly, LeBron James, Miles Turner, and AD on the floor. That's a really good. Uh, that's a pretty good starting five. So, I mean, if I was if I was Rob Palenka, I would make the trade uh, since yesterday and try and get uh, try and get that um, that deal done. And no more no more questions about is he going to get a trade done? Is he going to do it? No, it's done. It's executed. Now let's move on. Fernando, what about the Clippers? I mean, they are struggling out of the gate. Kawhi hasn't played in a few games, and we don't know what's going on with his knee. It's obviously really early, but what is your level of concern at, or are you concerned with the Clippers' slow start? Not really. I think they're one of those teams that uh, they'll get it going at You know who I've been impressed with is John Wall. John Wall kind of started off, he's had some good good moments. I read that he was pissed off at the Rockets. Uh, sat him and I'm like, well, why would you? Why would you be mad? Aren't you kind of like over the hill a little bit? And then I watched him and I'm like, oh, okay, he's not over the hill. He actually, he actually uh, isn't that uh, isn't that bad. I'm surprised they didn't use him a little bit more. But obviously, Houston was uh, trying to use the T word tank. So, um, but definitely, uh, it is a little bit of cause for concern. But Kawhi's really getting back. He hasn't played in a long time, so I I think it's smart by the Clippers to ease him in. When you need Kawhi is going to be in uh, in like uh, February, March, April, May, 
So right now, I mean, right now, just let him get his feet uh, under him, let the other team kind of heat up. But um, but I, I don't think there's a, a cause for concern, though. Like I said, the team should be concerned on the Lakers just because they um, they had one good night. But it's like, can you consistently do that? And I think the Clippers can consistently put good nights together. I just don't see the Lakers uh, being able to do something like that. But with the Clippers, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hit the the panic button yet. So Saturday will be a big day for Alicia Del Valle. <laughs> one, 1 p.m. she'll be at the bank to watch her Los Angeles football club play for the Cup. And my guess is she's going to stay 7.30 USC That's right. Cal <laughs> right next door at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Fernando, let me start with you because we talked about the soccer game. USC, you, I mean, they're back in the top 10. They're moving up gradually. They're number nine. Do they... I don't know. Do, do, do they still have a chance to make the college football playoff? And can they run the table here at the very least? I mean, they could run the table. <laughs> My only question is, will other teams drop around them? I mean, this yeah. weekend, this weekend, uh, USC fans should be Notre Dame fans and hope that Notre Dame can knock something out. Um, I mean, Notre Dame just knocked, uh, who was it? They just, uh, they just beat Syrac- 16 Syracuse. If uh, Notre Dame can pull off the upset and beat Clemson, then that would help. That would definitely help out USC. But it's just, can other teams get knocked out? I mean, Alabama is going to have to play uh, LSU pretty soon. There's some games that are coming up that are going to be pretty crucial. But I think they could at least make it up to number, probably back up to six or, or, yeah. five, or five. I just don't know if they can go top four, especially because Michigan right now looks like a powerhouse. They look, Michigan looks really good. Um, there are some other teams, obviously, in that, in that mix that look pretty good. I think if, if Lincoln Riley can get them back to five or six and get him into the Rose Bowl as their um, as their first as his first season, then kudos to him because especially with all the transfers that he brought and all these kids that he brought, not a lot of people had that high of expectations uh, for him. So I, I think um, I think anything above seven, uh, above ten in the top ten is uh, a congratulations to him. But obviously, USC fans are going to want more. LA fans are going to want more, but uh, definitely if a first, if in this first season he can get a top ten, then that's uh, that's a good uh, good job by Lincoln Riley, who's only one season in. And Fernando, I have to say, I I do think I, I agree completely. Five or six, I don't see him getting back in the CFP. That loss to Utah still hurts. If we win that game, yeah. we're in the CFP because mm-hmm. I do think the the Trojans will go eleven, twelve, and one. Like, I really do believe that they're going to win the Rose Bowl. I think that I truly believe they are the fourth best team in the country because of their offense. I do think if I was the committee, I'd put them in. I'm not biased at all, uh, even though I'm a USC <laughs> alum. I just when I see Clemson, I see a, a terrible offense. By the way, an awful, abysmal, great defense, abysmal offense. Michigan looks stagnant on offense at times. They're going to get uh, at times they're going to get drilled by Ohio State, and they'll still get into the playoff. Alabama, if they win out, will get into the playoff. Tennessee and Georgia probably both get into the playoff. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really no no way that USC will get in, even if they beat UCLA and then Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, right? Like, there's just no way. I don't think even they'll be fifth. They'll probably win the Rose Bowl. But I'll tell you right now, I'm calling it right now, and I don't want to jinx my school, but I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if USC does not win the national championship next year. Because they're going to have Caleb Williams coming back. They're going to get a slew of transfers. transfer portal just They're going to get more and more and more. They're finally going to have an offensive line next year. They're going to have a better defense. And they're only losing, I mean, two big losses, Die and and Addison. But Raleigh Brown is going to be a very good running back. 
I would be shocked if they do not win the national championship and win out in the Pac-12 next year. I think they'll go 12 and 0. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Is Addison back for USC or is he out for the season? Addison, I think he's going to come back, but they're being safe with it. They don't need him to play. I mean, they're going to win either way. I mean, I, he's great. Oh, wow. But TCU seventh? I, I hadn't even seen T. I, I didn't even know TCU was that good. Wow. No, TCU is going to choke. Let's be real. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, they usually they usually do, but that's pretty impressive. I mean, I'm just uh, throwing out through, and then you see a wow. Oregon, UC, USC, and UCLA up there for the trio. That USC UCLA game is going to be pretty good. I think. I think that's going to be the hey, we're uh, you, uh, LA football is uh, college football is back. Yeah, yeah. no, one hundred percent. By the way, if you're a USC fan, and Armand and I are, are going to have a small wager, you want that to be two top ten teams because again, the only quality opponent exactly. USC has left is UCLA. So if they, if if the Bruins are in the top ten, that's going to help. Them. I was going to say it also helps Stanford beat Notre Dame. Yeah. And yeah. Oregon State's now in the top 25. Yeah, so I mean, I think, they, again, the problem with the Pac-12, there's a lot of wrong with the Pac-12. By the way, another Pac-12 TV network game. Like, I, I can't watch these USC games. Oh, it sucks. I, yeah. I, I can't watch yeah. any of these games. So, um, yeah. I mean, listen, the, the transfer portal changes the game because now USC can be like, we're in Los Angeles, we're in Hollywood, look at Caleb Williams. You you, you watch a game on Sunday and Caleb Williams' commercial is always on TV. Yes, so this is huge. Um, all right, Fernando. I always see that Reggie Bush commercial, Wendy's oh, commercial right. too. <laughs> and by the way, like really leaning into, like for goodness sakes, give him his Heisman trophy. Oh my God, it pisses me off every day. Every they need day. to give it back. Every they need to give day. it back. Exactly. Ridiculous. That handsome man deserves his highs. <laughs> exactly. By the way, by the way, so Brandon can't get enough of the two most handsome men in the National Football on League. On one team. Are on his team. Yes. You got Jimmy G. You got CMC. Uh, our last 60 seconds. Do you agree, Fernando? The best looking duo in the National Football League resides in San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess. So. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I see people on. It's funny. I see people on TikTok. They're like, "Oh, Jimmy G, you're so, uh, you're so attractive." Yelling at him from the sidelines. I'm like, this guy must get that every. He must get at the grocery store and the women yell that at him. I wouldn't know what that feels like. Arash, do you? No, I don't. But listen, Brandon, when I say he gushes over these two guys, <laughs> as soon as that trade happened, before he even talked about. What it meant on the field, he was picturing that them. GQ cover exactly. and what that'll be. But what an amazing performance! Yeah, he's what also likable, which li- makes yeah. him even more Both attractive. Yeah. Jimmy, I don't know much about McCaffrey, but I do. I mean, aside All I know from is his he's skills, a superstar, right? yeah. But I mean, Jimmy G is just notoriously nice. Yeah, and just nice, and they he's own. A winner. They own the Rams. When I say uh, they own the Rams, they really do. One in the regular days. season. Yeah, in the I, regular season. I agree. The Rams <laughs> did. And by the way, it's by a miracle that they finally found a way to win in the conference championship game. A Not in the regular <laughs> Exactly. Still gives me nightmares. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Fernando. We'll talk to you next week. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.